With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Goodbye, University. So we are here today to have one of our life-changing conversations about poetry um, as words of power. And this was this was really something that's a subject that's always been just of interest to me for over many, many years because just fundamentally I liked mystery and magic and metaphor and poetry has all of it. And um, I wanted to actually just start with with um, an experience I had just last night where I was on the phone with my grandson who's just turning five in a few days and he sung the alphabet for me. He did it all perfectly. And I thought, you know, that is just one of those things that's another example of how poetry is just in our lives all the time. And I, and I think that it's, um, it's believed to be something that's very intellectual and something that needs to be figured out. And a lot of people think they don't understand poetry. And so I just want to talk about that today because I think that's so not the case. (laughs) (laughs) I like your take on it. Yes. (laughs) So um, did you have anything you wanted to to add to that, Annette, what your experience with poetry is? So I just kind of... Yeah, I've had several. Sometimes it's light and and breezy, and other times people think it's so very, very deep, um, which it can be for certain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shakespeare is a very good example of that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's an interesting thing because I, um, they're, they're building some stuff next door, so you can probably hear pounding in the background. I certainly can. Um, but that's what that is. Um, but it's interesting because I like deep and I like meaningful and it does not necessarily mean heavy. And I think a lot of people kind of think those two are one and the same. So and that's and that's part of why they they think they don't like poetry. Mhm. Very good point. Very good point. So you were also, when you were talking with me, you were bringing up something about bypassing the brain, how poetry does that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely I definitely want to talk to that, but let me just um let me just say a couple things about just poetry and kind of what what it is and what how it's different from other words. Um I Personally, I I absolutely loved. I want to actually read what you posted that Janet posted. You you put on my board for me. 
because yeah. I just, this is really kind of fundamentally where I'm coming from. And it's Dean Kuhn, who, it's a quote from him, I'm assuming it's a him, uh, who's somebody, obviously I've never read, since I'm not sure if it's him or her. <laughs> um, but this is the quote. She was fascinated with words. To her, words were things of beauty, each like a magical powder or potion that could be combined with other words to create powerful spells. I just thought, oh, I just love that because mm-hmm. that's, that's so true for me. I just, I love words. Um, as you know, besides the psychology degree, I, I ended up staying and get, getting my degree in English literature because I just loved words and I loved reading. And um, although I had a class in poetry, I couldn't tell you a darn thing about poetry from that perspective uh, as far as tendence and rhyme and rhythm and all that stuff, all the terms and all the different kinds of poetry. Couldn't tell you a thing about it, not a single word. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so for me, it's, it's more about um, how... And this is what's interesting to me, because poetry is words. It's words. And that's that's the province, to, to simplify it, that's the province of the left brain. But poetry uses words with metaphor and simile and magic and mystery and all of that. And so it's it kind of bypasses that part of our brain that wants to use words strictly for reason and logic. And and it's one of the reasons that, you know, I, I was thinking one of the things that one of the ways that poetry is used in virtually every uh, song and in our current culture, people don't think of it as poetry, but all the love songs, pop songs, it's it's all poetic lines and if it was just written up as a poem people would would probably think oh that's i don't get that it doesn't make sense you know i i was reading the lines of um of a song i think his name is john legend um just a current song and it's the lines my daughter was telling me about it because somebody had created a song for some little children I mean, had created a dance for some little children, and they were singing and dancing this to this song. And she said, listen to the lines. And it's like, every part of me loves every part of you. All your curves and all your edges. All your perfect imperfections. It's just a pop song. But <laughs> those, words, those words are so beautiful to me. It's like, oh... When you hear them sung, it goes inside of your body, and it's visual, and it's it's multi-sensual to me. Is what poetry is. It's not just up in my head. It makes me buzz physically. It makes me see visual things. And it's interesting that Janet posted this particular quote because. I spent 
way too much time looking for this line that I had read in one of her posts. I don't know if it was a post on, I can't remember where I read it, but I know it was her because I responded to it and I wrote it down. Can't find it for the life of me. I was so frustrated. I was so frustrated. And then I realized, oh, wait a minute. That actually speaks to what I'm talking about with poetic lines because it created a sense for me. It created an image for me. And it was, it was something about, you know, like kind of like our gremlin thoughts come to us like beating at the windows. You know, their wings beating at the windows and, and we can just let them fly by. That is a horrible paraphrase of it. But there was, it's still, it still is like this soothing thought for me. And it's something that I read a couple of years ago. She, she wrote it somewhere in a post a couple of years ago. And that's, that's the power of poetry. That's the power of a poetic line like that. And um, so that's why it's always fascinated me. And, and to me, they, as far as being words of power, um, I've, I've only memorized a couple of things in my entire life. One of them is the prayer of St. Francis. And, um, and I have, I, I memorized it. I read about it as a way to kind of, um, in a in a book on meditation, which is something I've always been challenged by, just sitting and meditating because my mind is, is just going all the time, like so many people say, does, say that theirs does as well. Um, so I, I read, read this, The Prayer of St. Francis, and I memorized it with the intention of it being kind of a, a calming, rhythmic thing for me to do at the beginning of my meditation. And it was about six months later that I went through quite a um, hard divorce. A very, um, with somebody who was, ironically enough, verbally abusive. And, uh-huh. and that prayer, I found myself just going for walks and just repeating that prayer. Lord, let me be an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Because it would help me connect. You know, I was feeling all of that. I was feeling wounded and sad and and it would remind me, this is what I want to feel. I want to feel hope. I want to feel love. And that really helped get me through a very, very safe me in a way. In a way, because it helped me through that feeling very, very deep. And So, it's, oh my goodness, it sounds like they're pounding right on my own ceiling. <laughs> I can't hear it, so that's good. <laughs> okay. Um, 
So let me just ask at this point, have you ever had a poetic line, not something necessarily that was a mantra or a, you know, or a prayer or a song lyric, but something that was just felt poetic to you, that kind of, that you were able to use it like that? Yes. And that would be, excuse me, back when I was reading for the first time the James Harriet series. Um, Who, did you get to read that series at all? No. James Harriet is, uh, or was, a veterinarian in Great Britain. And he wrote a series of books documenting his experiences from the very beginning, you know, fresh out of <laughs> vet school and having all these dreams and then ending up in a very small um, town and trying to adjust to that because he he was hoping to be a companion animal veterinarian and he ended up being mainly a livestock veterinarian. But each title of his books were uh, from the poem and I cannot remember I'm looking for it right now it's actually an Angel- uh, Anglican hymn mm. yes and the words are by Cecil Francis Alexander I have never heard the music to it but every time I see that first line it reminds me of, of the love that uh, James Harriet had for the animals and how much that inspired me and it the beginning line is all things bright and beautiful mm. all creatures great and small all things wise and wonderful the Lord God made them all mm. mm-hmm. and there there it goes on for more but um because of those books and because it's so simple and yet so profound it still affects me in a good mm-hmm. way oh yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. it sounds like it's something that it really aligned with just who you are in the world with the animals and so it spoke it helped it helps open that up, I would imagine. Yes, yes, it does. Because as much as James Harriet wanted to be a companion animal veterinarian, and this was back, I think he practiced in the 60s or the 70s. So Britain at that time was still very, very rural. He was, you know, hoping for the the cushy job where it's all warm and you make lots of money and you're just, you know, playing to the pampered animals. He did get to to doctor some of the pampered animals that were in town, but most of his life was out in the freezing sleet and rain because there wasn't any shelter, helping the cows calve or helping the sheep. Mm. And he spoke so much about having his arm 
going to sleep because it was so cold and he was being clamped down on by the animal that was having a breech birth. Uh. But he, he never... He, he spoke about this wasn't the life that he had imagined for himself, but he never thought to go somewhere else. Mm. His love for what he did was so great that he, he never tried to do something else. Yeah. Yeah. And so all of his books came from that home. That wasn't, that he wrote, the titles came, he used from? From the poem, yeah, from, from the hymn. Mm -hmm. So, I think that's, that's generations of that poem impacting, when I say generations, it's like, it's, it's like it's that poem spread out and impacted his life in such a profound way impacted your life in such a profound way, undoubtedly impacted thousands of people in such a powerful way. And I would imagine not nearly as much as if somebody had written a very, um, you know, just kind of linear, more linear, not, not such it. If it hadn't been a poem, because, see, that's, before we had books, that's how information and education and every, you know, just life stories were told in that form, in story. It was story and song and poem. And that's how things, you know, long things were remembered. You know, the, the, the Iliad, it was fine. Was mine, and I having having that like that connection between the part of our brain that's memorizing the how it intersects with the heart and touches the heart. You know, I I actually have both that So this is very very recently, but um and so because you know Bashar is obviously it's um, person but he was you know, one of the and he said as a poet you need some mystery along the answer what is poetry the component of mystery life is all about time and that's just really I think sometimes the, the law of attraction it's that word law <laughs> mm -hmm. that, that somehow kind of removes it the, the magical mysterious power of it for me personally, I um, I need that. That's, that's rich for me. That's rich juice for me. 
And I love I love for and that's what poetry speaks to. Um, you know, I, I want to actually share a brief of mine. Last year, I actually, rather than a word or a mantra or something, well, I guess you could say it was a mantra. Uh, last year, I chose the line out of the my ship arrived on a calm. And when I would start to feel anxious or fearful, I would I would remind myself, Oh, that's right. Oh, my ship arrived on a calm sea. And it is very poetic and it created an image for me and it would soothe that kind of fearful part of myself. Well when this this here um that's not how it felt to me. You know, the end of the year came. And it was, you know, and I was kind of reviewing the year and thinking about, you know, setting intentions to use that phrase. And I was, I was feeling like, well, that's not what happened. There was a hugely <laughs> intense and dramatic year, and I felt like I was not white speak. And what happened there, you know? And I was, I was kind of asking, asking the question from that place, like from the place of like what went wrong, kind of perspective. And I'm looking to see here what I, I get this. Somebody suggested that I get, um, I sign up for this poetry thing, and. Um, just online, it's it's. I probably get one once a week or once every two weeks or something like that. I get this poem, and some of them are just beautiful, and I really love them. A lot of them I read it real quick, and I'm like, no, that doesn't talk to me. That doesn't. That just doesn't resonate. And but it was in in that kind of wondering and questioning place at the you know at the first of the. Obviously, something. Um, and it's called Ocean. And the poem is this. It's very short. I have a feeling that my boat has struck down there in the depths against a great thing. And nothing happens. Nothing. Silence. Waves. Nothing happens? Or has everything happened? And are we standing now, quietly, in the new life? I don't have any idea what that poem means. I couldn't deconstruct it for you. I couldn't, you know, interpret it for you. But for me, it was like, the universe tapped me on the shoulder and said, you have a feeling that your boat has struck down there in the depths against the great thing and that nothing has happened. But it's not nothing. Everything's happened. 
and you're standing now quietly in your new life. And that's what it meant for me. <laughs> and 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 it it was just it was just like wow. I just felt this like relief. I just felt that whole part of me that was like, what went wrong? That wasn't a calm sea. (laughs) (laughs) That whole kind of interpretation of my experience just, it just soothed it right away. I thought, oh. So while the the prayer of St. Francis was one I, you know, that was over 20 years ago now that I had that experience, I memorized that poem and that prayer um and i still i still love it it's it's like the wonderful thing about memorizing something is that it's like it unfolds and unfolds and unfolds because every time i've said it since then it's there's some piece of it that speaks to me a little bit differently a little deeper I get a different meaning of it from it. And um, and I think just like saying the ABCs, when we can make something poetic for ourselves, when we can literally turn it into a song or a poem, mm-hmm. um, we have the opportunity to just be with it and receive its meaning at entirely different levels and it's it's such it's such an easy way to access something really deep and profound because when it's memorized like that we've got that piece of it down and just we can internalize it and it can grow and expand our lives just like that you know that experience with that poem and those books opened up like more who you wanted to be in the world and what's important to you and what your values are and how you want to be with animals and that kind of love and i mean it's it speaks to so much it does and as you were saying when you joined up for that thing, it's not every one that speaks to you, which to me makes it even more special. Yes, yes. Oh, more often than not, they don't speak to me. You know, it's it's. And like you said, I I I don't know really what this is referring to or what <laughs> you know. I mean, I couldn't interpret it for you. It's strictly something that. Because it's words, my left brain, that part of me, my rational part, could just read it. I could read the words. But the other part of it went into my heart. And so it just created this wonderful hookup between my head and my heart that allowed that soothing to happen. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And and then there are others that stick with you 
and do the opposite. Talk to me. I, I'm <laughs> thinking me. of a. I'm thinking. Whoops, childhood that I found highly amusing. But now, when I, I really all of a sudden, I just lost like a line there. Your phone just, or my phone, something. The sound just, yeah. I lost for a minute there. So can you see yeah. Yours has been cutting out too. Hopefully it's okay on the recording. Um, so there was a little ditty or a little poem that you we used to say in childhood, and it's amusing and it would make me laugh. But just recently, especially after our conversation about poetry, I really looked at the words and I thought, that's not really good. <laughs> it's causing a lot of judgment. Um, and it, how does it go? Um, as a rule, man's a fool. When it's hot, he wants it cool. When it's cool, he wants it hot always wanting what it's not. Which is very short and succinct and kind of fun. But, yeah, if you look at it, it it's an almost an affirmation of, I'm never going to have what I want. <laughs> um, I'm, yeah. I'm not um, capable of having what I want because I'm human. So. Yeah. It's, it's, it is kind of an affirmation. Which, in in that respect, it's not one I would want to affirm mm-hmm. on the one hand. But on the other hand, it's when you were saying it, I I think that it also speaks in a it speaks to that part of us that that is hmm. That kind of yeah it's it's speaking a truth, it's speaking a truth for me, it's speaking a truth and makes and so i can, i can I can hear it as an affirmation, but I can also hear it as is is that what you is that the truth you want to live you know i i I can hear it kind of a different way, mhm. Like that's that's maybe the habit. Is that what you want to do? Um, you know, one of my one of my favorite songs when is "Comfortably Numb" by Pink Floyd. Mm. You know, classic rock song, "Comfortably Numb." Um, when I heard it the first time, I was just a young teenager, and when I heard it, I my decision was. I am never going to be comfortably numb. Mm. And and when I hear that song, even though it's it's you know, it's actually a song that's um you know, the words are actually related to one of the you know, one of the original um creators of Pink Floyd and and um he he became um he had a a drug what would be the word for it? He did so many drugs and he developed schizophrenics schizophrenia and it was it was kind of triggered. I guess it was drug triggered. Mhm. Yes. And and so that song was actually kind of 
related to this very sad kind of dramatic experience and um you know it's it's not a happy song but when i hear that song when i play that song i feel happy i that's interesting wow it's like i'm it's like i'm reminded I will never be one of the walking dead. <laughs> <laughs> I am never to be comfortably numb. I mm-hmm. came to live and to live it all, experience obviously all different kinds of things. Because it certainly hasn't all been a cakewalk. Um, no. But comfortably numb always makes me feel uplifted. So it's, I mean, to me it just, once again, just speaks to the fact that certain poems speak to different people. And it doesn't it doesn't really have anything to do with how something is, with any kind of linear interpretation of the mm-hmm. Like, do those words vibrate in a way, resonate in a way that touches you or me or anyone. That's very true. Yeah. So how have you been using it as power in your life? As you were talking about words of power. Um, well, you basically, you pretty much explained it with the song Comfortably Numb, but are yeah. you yourself writing poetry? Um, I do write poetry. I mm. I don't, it's, um, I often use, I, I, I do something called webs, and basically it's, um, you write a word in the center of a page and then just spontaneously with as little thought as possible, you just connect with, um, you know what, I have one right here in front of me. Hmm. And, okay, so I have poetry in the center of this page and this is this is actually a very, very small one to go into... Um, and I, I put a circle around it, and then there's a line that says affirmation. There's a separate line that says song lyric. There's a separate line that says mantra. There's a separate line that says language of the universe. Um, there's a separate line that has uh, that goes to my ship arrives on the um, there's a separate line that says, the logical side of the brain loves words. This is something I wrote a long time ago, probably a couple of years ago, just because you know, I was thinking, what is it about poetry that I love? And, um, so it's a very visual thing. I'm a very visual person. I think that's one of the beauty of poetry. It's like that part I bring and creates an image that kind of locks in in a way that the word does. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I basically do that until it feels, until I feel, I feel a natural sense of this is this, this web is complete. We're talking a couple minutes here, minutes, not any longer than five minutes probably or ten minutes maybe as long as I can imagine. But and but there'll be there'll be a sensitive like gels, like everything that kind of spontaneously comes to mind around that word in the center is um, is there. It's down, and and then I write, and then the the words kind of some of the words will come together, and I'll write just a few lines um, of a poem that just kind of all of those. And it's very sad. And well, I definitely use them kind of as affirmations and reminders for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, you know, using last year's "My Ship Arrives on a Calm Sea," that it really was a very calming line for me. But it was just, and after. The, after the end of the year, it's like wasn't it didn't do <laughs> it didn't do what I was uh, my what the intention was my conscious intention for it to do, but it actually did what I needed it to do, and that I would remember it throughout the year when I wasn't feeling calm, and it would calm me. I would feel soothed. So that's basically how I use it as words of power. It's recognizing that that words when you when you put them together in a certain I guess I guess that's it. That poetry isn't poetry is different from just lining up words. It's magic. It creates magic. Mhm. It's um it creates powerful spells, as that quote says. <laughs> yes. Um, there's, you know, there are things of beauty, and when you match, you know, when you mix and match um, and combine them, they can create powerful spells. Mm-hmm. And so that's really how I use them. I like your method of how to do it. It's poetry in the round. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, another thing about about poetry is, you know how, I mean, if you do create a line like that that's poetic like that, that speaks to your heart, um, it can have, you know how <laughs> sometimes a song will get stuck in our mind for days? Mm. Oh my gosh, I can't get that song out of my mind. Well, poetry is a really powerful way to utilize that kind of habit that our brain has. Like, you add a little song to it, you add some rhythm to it, you add some images to it, and it has it has a very, it can have a very powerful impact on our creation, on using it in a, in a creative way. Can't get that poem out of my mind. 
<laughs> I, I, I have actually changed words of like things like row, row, row your boat. Um, you know, that little ditty, I've changed the words to it a few times. When I wanted to practice something, practice a new thought, I will combine it with a little song like that, a little tune like that, that everyone knows, you know, that's kind of like, happy birthday to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, putting different words to some to a very, very familiar tune can be really powerful. Creating your own words, mixing and matching your own words and kind of putting them in that container. And um, that's one of the ways that they're power words for me too. It gets the left and the right side of the brain working together towards that's the that's common end. Yes. Right. Yes. Because when you, when you, you like I said, when you use poetry, the left side of your brain says, well, that's words. That's cool. I, I did words. And it's almost like you can slip in, you can slip past stuff, past that guard. <laughs> yes. Because you're using something that's familiar to that rational part of your brain. You're using words. And it's there it's words are beloved by the left part of our brain. And when you use them as magic spells, they're powerful. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Stella Seaspert would agree with that. You know, she's yes. You know, you and Kim Falconer yeah. also. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because it's making me think of the drum teacher that I'm following. And one of the things that I absolutely adore about her, besides her obvious love for teaching and the drum, is that she presents it in different ways because she mm-hmm. understands that people have different ways of learning. And she, But she's always telling you, you know, say it out loud when you're learning it. Say it out loud. It, it's helping you to learn. Yeah, and she'll yeah. even put that in different ways. You know, sometimes she'll she'll put it as it she'll do it in the drum notation. You know, up down flat flat up down up down flat flat up and down. But then she'll go also into the the words, the regular words, which is the one that I tend to learn easier by. And she'll you know, and a one and a two and a triple up down and one two three. <laughs> oh my God! See, that sounds really complicated to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, but lear- learning the words for some reason, just learning the words and not the cadence, not the rhythm, rhythm, but yeah. learning the words will incorporate the rhythm into me. Wow, so, interesting. Well, yeah, that's even a, if that's even a, that's if I'm that's... doing. Even if I'm doing it incorrectly on the drum, I know what to to work on. I know how yeah. to go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's yeah, that's exactly because you know the. It's interesting. I'm thinking about with children because you know I'm going to be going back to visit one that's going to be two months when I get out there, and one that's turning five. And like I said, he's doing the sing song ABCs 
um, you know, he's learning. He's learned that. And, um, but that, but what's even more core than that is rhythm because we're in the womb with that heartbeat mm-hmm. and, you know, with that rhythm, which obviously you know about doing the drum, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's something that is really, really fundamental for us just as physical beings that, that rhythm and it's like what you're talking about and what I'm talking about with with the poems and it is very different when you read a poem just in your head you know you just first time I open these things I just read them in my head I'm not saying them out loud but if I like it then I say it out loud and it's a, it brings it into my body in a whole different way saying it out loud that makes perfect sense to me mm-hmm. you know, doing it. Yes. And the poetry and the rhythm, I'm glad you mentioned that too, because that's also very true. The the rhythm of the words um, and how many syllables they have and how they go together in the sentence. But even just the rhythm, and you were speaking of the heartbeat, um, when I was an assistant teacher for Irish dance, there were girls that would come to me who were in championship level and and I hadn't gotten there yet. But I had been with my teacher from the beginning of her school and I understood her rhythm. So the championship dancers, the championship dancers would come to me and I would not know what the routine is, but they would dance that routine, whether it be hard shoe or soft shoe, and I would be able to tell by that rhythm, whether it was right or not. I couldn't really tell them where, you know, how it should go, but I would tell them this section here is not the right rhythm. Oh, it's, yeah, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not how Sarah's mind choreographs. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I was never wrong. Yeah. Never wrong. So, yeah, it was, that's, and that's, you know, poetry in motion right there. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly right. You know, sometimes I'm glad you brought that up because that's another thing that I do. I will, I will like dance a mantra. <laughs> Excuse me. You know, I love to, I, I have mollabies and I kind of go through phases in my life where I, you know, sometimes, like right now, they're, they're sitting, they're sitting up on my, on my shelf because I love to just look at them. But sometimes I actually use the beat. But at, um, in other times, I actually want to move with the mantra. And it's, it's, um, it's just moving my body, um, embodying that poetry of mantra, which is, you know, in that case, it's not words that I understand. You know, it's Sanskrit words. I don't know what, I mean, I know what the what the words are supposed to mean, the translation, but I'm not using English words. So that kind of even gets past the, what I call the guard at the gate. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, even in a different, even in a different way. 
um, yeah, it's just I think I think writing poetry and just combining words. When I say writing poetry, it's just just combining words in new ways can just be really really powerful. I mean, you know, all of a sudden what popped into my mind was Jeanette's um, her coaching. Oh, she said it so many times, and now I. I'm sure you remember. I am a brilliant coach in high demand. I'm a brilliant coach in high demand. You know, imagine taking something like that and using those words and actually singing those words, um, moving with those words, actually like uh, dancing those words. You know, what would the dance look like? What would the song, you know, what, what tune would you want to use for those words? It's just we need to bring, you know, words into our lives in a in a much more powerful way. Obviously, just using the word, I don't know how she used the words other than, you know, her saying them. I don't, you know, I was going to say it. she just said the words, but I don't know that that's true. And the woman that I'm studying under also uses dance in almost every one of her programs for that reason. Um, oh. Sometimes yeah. she'll use it three times during one session, and sometimes it's only once at the end. But every time at the end, she will put on a piece of music that she has chosen specifically for the that call or that session. And she'll say, okay, now take everything that you've journaled about and thought about and dance it into your body. Oh, see, yeah. That's a, that makes phys- yeah, it's a that physical integration. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> Lots uh-huh. of ways to do poetry, not just by the written word or the spoken word. It can be... Yeah, exactly. And I think that to just that to remember, I guess, that poetry is is what we make it. It's what it's poetry for me is really <coughs> any magical words. <coughs> and mm-hmm. it's probably why spells are often kind of rhyming and stuff like that, but it's any magical words that we can, any combination that that go that hooks up our heart and our brain, our mind and our brain and our body, as we, you know, as you just were saying with the dance. So it's it's really it's something. It's using words as a way to integrate all of that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. My goodness, our hour's almost up. Our hour's almost up. I was given a book by a very good friend called The Tao of Meow. (laughs) (laughs) That was written by a cat and translated by his human, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Some of it was a little 
off the wall for me and, and not so, oh no, I didn't like it, but that's okay. It's okay. Some of it was amazing. And <laughs> even there, there would be longer poems and parts of them would jump out at me and other parts I would trash. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, but my favorite is about the way, um, and the how is not the way, you know, um, an overall expansive universal thought of the way, you know, which is, to me, is, is alignment in connection to sword. <laughs> yes. yes. But he writes, the way takes you into dimensions where squares have no corners. Perfection is always outdoing itself. You can't tell a cat from a dog. And the meow has no beginning or ending. See, now I love that because I just, I love, I love paradox. I love, I love the whole idea of a meow has no beginning and no ending. Mm-hmm. And squares have no corners. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that's 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 right up there with, you know, what's the sound of one hand clapping? Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's like just such a great way to, those kinds of words are such a great way to just kind of get the, get the mind out of our way and so we can feel we're not just understanding something, but we can feel it. We can embody it. It's, it's on all those different levels. Awesome. Yes. Now, see, I like that thought of embodying it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the dance because that, that's a, yeah, that's a big piece of it right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, I guess we're... Unless you have something else to say, I, well, we are. We're almost at the top of the hour here. We are. Um, yeah. <clears throat> As always, if somebody would like to add add something to their experience of the magic of words, creating powerful spells, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, just the, like you said, the practice of memorizing, I think, is is really powerful. Yes, I agree with you on that. Um, even though I don't know that whole whole poem, All Things Bright and Beautiful, um, it, it doesn't yeah. matter. Because I know I know it out of, I know all of that first, I guess you would call it a paragraph, or the first stanza for the poem. Yeah. No, one of my favorite poems, I only have one stanza of it, the one stanza that just really just reached in and <laughs> mm-hmm. um, into me. I, I only have the one stanza memorized. Mm-hmm. I don't have the whole poem. And, you know, you just take the words you like. Well, someone named Henri Amiel, hopefully I am pronouncing that correctly, wrote... We are all visionaries, and what we see is our soul in things. 
Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> yeah. That's a great way to wrap it up. <sighs> My goodness. We've done it again. What? We've done it again. <laughs> we've, we've had no problem filling an hour. Just I, you know, um, that's nice that Susan, is that who you said? Mm-hmm. She was there for a while. She had to leave. Yeah. It was nice that she was able to join us for a little bit. And, Indeed. Um, we have all kinds of, you know, every time I, I think to myself, hmm, what are we going to talk about next time? Because two weeks comes <laughs> up pretty quickly. Um, it does. You know, I just see something or I hear something, and all of a sudden there's a whole conversation in my head I want to have. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, always love it, Annette, and I will look I forward to one. All right, wonderful. Thank you all. Until next time. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.